With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 221. There's probably some very interesting thing about episode 221 or the number 221. But to be honest with you, we've got too much to talk about and it's nearly Christmas. I'm Trev Downey podcasting to you from the study in my home in a field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined as ever by the newly aged or most recently aged Carl Kopak and Cam Branch while in the background, always observing and offering up hot takes in the chat box is Guy Drinkle. And we're fresh off, myself and Guy, a uh, Christmas special for AI Pro. Some of you will be listening to that later on. It was absolute carnage for about an hour and 45 minutes. So you can excuse me, listeners, if I'm a little bit disorientated. And to that end, what I want to do is sort of just give you all a little feel uh, for my general mood over the last 24 hours, because... Listen, it's not big or clever to revel in the misfortune of others. I think we can all agree at Christmas time that that's the case, you know. Um, but sometimes it is funny to revel in the misfortune of others. And to that end, what I've discovered for you today is something that was pointed out to us by Guy actually earlier on, a little video from a very um, enthusiastic Mank blogger spliced in with some uh, reactions uh, to the various things he was saying. It begins with him talking in an excited way about what is likely to happen at the start of Jose Mourinho's uh, tenure um, and how it will be very like another club that he was recently at in a successful fashion. And it ends, well, it ends as it ended this week for Jose and United. So it's a minute and a half, folks, like last week's. You can sit back and listen or you can choose to drown it out and wait for Carl and Cam to do more sensible things. But here we go. Jose Mourinho trying to replicate his treble winning Inter Milan side at Manchester United. My name is Stephen Alston. This is Full Time Devils and we're going to find out. <laughs> Think of Luke Shaw and Alexis Sanchez as your Etu and your Micon in this setup. <laughs> you will start to see some similarities between the way this Inter team plays and the way the Manchester United side plays. You can start to imagine the possibilities that might be there with this squad. <laughs> but is Jose Mourinho actually building Inter Milan part two with this team? I think he could be. <laughs> Matic and the supporting cast across midfield are more than capable. I think Pogba has the potential to be the conductor that Schneider was. What the hell was that? Oh my god. This is full time Devils. United have lost at the London Stadium 3 1 to West Ham. It's got to be over for Jose Mourinho. <laughs> 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 
Yeah. Uh, look, like I said, it's not big or clever to laugh at people. Uh, but listen, Manx uh, have laughed at us uh, for a long, long time. And I've had personal experience of it that's, like I said, stuck in my craw. Um, so I take absolute delight in it, to be perfectly honest with you. Carl, how are you on this um, almost festive occasion? How are you getting on this week? Not bad, not bad. I do have a quote for you. It's... Um... It's actually a, a bit of a sad thing because it's, it's the end of something great and something that's very cherished on this podcast. But um, it's just the greatest closing line of anything I've ever heard. And it's this. It's a little bit of a passage between two people. If you work in like Matalan or like Carthon Warehouse or whatever, you're not going to meet bros like Steve's. You're not going to meet bros like completely silent but quite deadly like Decoy. You're not going to meet tiny little fantasies. You're not going to meet ugly crazy freaks like your buddy like saying like every one of these people makes us who we are today yeah i'm pleased with what we've accomplished you know what i'm saying like we don't we've done everything we wanted to do think about it yeah we've been doing the same shit for 15 years yeah day in day out with the same people same tunes same lyrics i think it's safe to say that uh corrupt fm has reached legendary status yeah and if you don't like that then you can fuck off <laughs> I think it's the best ever sign off to a series I've ever heard in my life. Oh uh, God, you're 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 a series ahead of me, man. I'm looking forward to it. I just haven't. Oh, found it's, it's just last last Same, night yeah. was just oh beautiful. It's just a beautiful ending. It really is. Yeah, yeah that, they're the last lines of people just do nothing. That's it. That's it. That's it. Done. And that's how it winds for sure. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's 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 I can't. I won't tell you why, but yeah, there's there's a reason why it's all finished. Honestly, any season that any series that ends with fuck off, or you can just fuck off. Is pretty, <laughs> pretty yeah, if you don't like that, then you can. Fu- that that's beats at the end. Who says that? Then you can fuck off, and he just stares <laughs> at the camera. <laughs> not, not the sort of thanks for watching, everyone. Then you can fuck off. Oh, I fucking love beats. Beats is probably my favorite. I yeah, I think he might be my favorite now as well. Yeah. And on, on Instagram. They put that as that they put that up uh, straight after the episode, just that line on it. So, <laughs> oh god, I've got, I didn't even realise there was an option to follow them. Then, sorry, I'm gonna have a look. A look oh, yeah, at that. yeah, yeah, because yeah, your buddy's on it a fair bit. Oh, yeah, of course he is. Uh, Cam's yeah. Cam's arch enemy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the uh, the uh, Zara uh, contract robber that he is. Cam, how are you this week, my friend? I've never been better, funnily enough. Never Thanks. been better. Yes, very nice in the brain household today. So, yeah, I, I wonder why that might be. Would that be anything to do with what you've spoken about in the past? Yeah, it may just well be. <laughs> yeah, you could be right. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, 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 the family is for some reason have been avoiding me for a couple of days. <laughs> Can't isn't quite put just, my finger on it. Isn't that just general though, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you do live in the shed after all, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to find my way to it earlier. I was a bit lost earlier. So, uh, thanks, thanks, Bernie, for guiding me in the right direction after the uh, after the live show. Nice one. Anyway, I got a quote for you. So here we go. The style of how we play is very important. It is omelets and eggs. No eggs, no omelets. It depends on the quality of the eggs. In the soup market, you have class one, two, or class three eggs, and some are more expensive than others and some give you better omelettes. So when the class one eggs are in Waitrose and you cannot go there, you have a problem. I know who that is. I think I do as well, but can I just say that that could be you, Cam. 
Because <laughs> you, you do an omelette, don't you? You do a mean omelette. I do do a mean omelette. So I assume, I assume you, you actually you, you shop around for the finest of eggs then if you're going to do a proper omelette, yeah? Well, I'll have to now, won't I? After you reading will. that. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. How, so... how do you know if they're the finest of eggs, though? Well, what is the egg test? I don't know. Get Carl. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna allow you to uh, to share with with uh, with everybody who you think that probably is. I'd say. I heard Graham Sue that's mentioned Waitrose this week, and that's stuff ah. in my head, but I'm pretty sure it's not him. I'm fairly sure that it's our buddy, the departing Jose Mourinho. It is certainly it? is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I seem to remember that particularly daft line of bullshit out of him before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've, I've actually got some Jose um, trivia. I've got a question. Go for it. What is the only ground in uh, the Premier League that um, Jose Mourinho has never won at? Ooh, that's a good one. I heard that on the radio today. The current Premier League. Yeah. I, I, I suppose there's a potential then it could be one of the new arrivals, right? Huddersfield. Nope, there's one there. Molyneux. Nope. Hmm. The other side of this, by the way, is as of Sunday night... Jurgen Klopp has now um, beaten all 26 of the Premier League opponents he's faced. I saw that, yeah. Did did you see the other Jurgen versus Jose stat, the most beautiful one of all that was flowing? Amazing stat. I know exactly what you're going to say. Go for it, Cam. You call it it. 4-1, 3-1, 3-1. Which was? Uh, Dortmund versus Real Madrid Champions League. Liverpool versus Chelsea. Liverpool versus Man United. And after all three of those results, where Jurgen Klopp has been in charge against Jose Mourinho, he has been sacked. Yeah, it's that's that is that's easily that's my fav- my favorite thing of the day. I'm curious about this ground now. Go ahead and give us a shout, Carl. Who is it? He's played the. He's um, draw. I think it's drawn four, uh, lost three against Newcastle United. Jesus, Ooh. honestly, yeah, it was a big thing with Chelsea, apparently. Huh. Never won there ever. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting Even with one. United. Yep. Wow. Draws. They drew up there. Yeah, I actually saw one of those out, out one night in a pub, actually, much to my delight. Uh, I think I saw a defeat there as well, now that you mention it. Uh, all right, that's, 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 that's interesting. And Cam, you yeah, mentioned pubs a lot in, you, you seem to spend a lot of time in pubs you know i used i used to go to pubs a lot but now i'm 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 obviously um you know i'm i'm older and wiser and um you know I'm, how old are you this week 32 32 right okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so someone's someone is filling in a spreadsheet here with the gaps of age between <laughs> yeah. time lords we discovered earlier on on the christmas special that i actually can bend as uh, the space-time continuum to my will. So, yeah, uh, effectively, yes, is the answer to your question, Carl. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm Lord Downey from Gallifrey. Right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or Garlow Cross, as it happens to be. Let's not fuck about, lads. Uh, let's let's get straight into some football talk. We've had a little bit of a of a, of a laugh at United. It's, it's it's hard not to because the most let's recent... Let's carry on doing that. Let's carry on doing that. And the most <laughs> most most recent thing was the, the the win at the weekend, which saw the Reds go back to the top and reclaim the position um, from a city team who uh, failed to take advantage uh, and 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 reclaim any ground on us. And that in itself was psychologically beautiful. Um, the fact 
that we had to do it after him, psychologically beautiful. The fact that it was Manchester United, psychologically beautiful. The fact that Jose Mourinho had that wonderful result, uh, run of results against it at, at Anfield, that United had the run that they had. But I think as well, and this is what I'm going to start with you on this, Carl, on the back of the last minute Allison intervention to get us into the um, uh, Champions League knockout phase with a 1-0 win, which is the bare minimum that we needed and we got. On the back of the glorious Everton result, um, which had, again, you know, m- m- more you know last minute drama, um, and several other games where we've just come up trumps uh, in, in a way that, only teams you can trust because they're bloody good come up trumps. There's something really satisfying about that run of things that culminated in that um, in that win at the weekend. But well, you missed one out there, which I, which is just as important. I thought Burnley away. Oh, of course, astonishing, well, with, astonishing yeah. result. Yeah, with the Allison intervention there. Yeah, because well, we're a goal down with half an hour to go, and we battered them. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be just. I've written a piece about this this week. We just go no, no, no. We're not, no, we're not going to lose points here. We're not going to do that. And previous Liverpool sides and squads have wilted. Um, you know, we've all lived through the Julio days and some rapid uh, games where, uh, as I've said before, my mate said there'll be one-one and Liverpool would equalise first. That's how he's always chosen to put it. Um, you know, when we've just got one-one, everyone shake hands, get off the pitch. That'll do. No one gets hurt. And this Liverpool side just doesn't believe in that. That the idea of that at all. So when it went to half, I was at the game, and when, when, it, was at, uh, when it went to half time, the, the, the stadium was a bit quiet after their goal, in a sort of, you know, the, mm. are we, are we going to do this again? Yeah, are we going to do this again? Is it another 1 1? Has he just got away with a fluke? And, um, and, and the players, when they came up for the second half, we, we, I was in the Alfield Road, and I didn't see the ball. I don't think Allison touched the ball for 10 minutes. They just didn't come out at all. We just thought, no, 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 I don't care who you are. I don't care who your manager is. Liverpool are not going to give up the points today. And we're just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. And we're going to bring on this little genius and he's going to win the game for us. But let me uh, drill into this. Let me drill into this a bit with you because I'm curious about it. I've seen you. Um, I'm, I only ever look at my phone now at halftime when I'm killing a bit of time um, because I'm usually just taking notes for games. And I've seen you comment about, Jesus Christ, enough of the negativity or I could do without the negativity. Jesus, lads, we, we, you know, it, it's only half time and so on. When things haven't been going exactly the way that people want them to go and the crying as is at full hysterical pitch uh, on, on various social media uh, platforms. And we got a bit of shit, I think, about a year and a half ago by talking about social media platforms. But to be quite honest with you, everybody's on there. And if they're not, um, they're probably not even listening to us because it, it all tends to go together. So what I'm getting at here is you seem to have that, you know, and, you know, you, you would admit yourself you're a, a, a gentleman who would not necessarily be uh, pulling up daisies and smelling them all the time and talking about how wonderful the world is. But you seem to have an optimism about you when it comes to this team. So why is that? Like, that's the, the other part of the initial question I asked you. What is it about this lot that encouraged that confidence in you? Well, I'll tell you what, it's something I've always had because I've always thought if a Liverpool, if somebody scores against Liverpool, my reaction is always destroy them for having the temerity to do that. Don't say, oh, oh, it's a goal now. We need two to win. And we haven't got one yet. You know, you can't think like that. You've got to think, right, okay, you've got, got a goal, have you? Right, well, try some of this. You've got to think that way. And with this Liverpool side, it just, I, I don't think it knows how to, how to sit back and feel sorry for itself. I mean, the perfect example would be would be Robertson, as as, um, as Mourinho said. Like you know, he did something like he, he was doing a hundred meter sprints every minute. 
He's running to Wolves now. Yeah, he's, he's doing it now. He's, in fact, he's there, he's lapping it. He's, just, he's, doing, he's doing laps of Molyneux at the moment. Um, and it's, <laughs> he's probably just, been there and back by now. Yeah, <laughs> he's going back for his boots, um, which I imagine I imagine he ties across his neck in a sort of <laughs> the Rovers type way. <laughs> oh, God, I hope he does that. Why don't you uh, do that anymore? It's built into their DNA now. You know, we, we just don't give up, and there's no panic in it. And again, I've, I've written a piece about it this week where the Tottenham-Chelsea game recently I thought was really interesting because you could basically just see Chelsea gone, go, do you know what? We've got this one's gone. This one's gone. Let's just get off the pitch. Let's just make sure they don't concede anymore. Oh, we've conceded another one. Okay, let's just let's just get put this one behind us. We've lost it. The, the run's gone. And Which is an acceptable thing to do because it's, it's exhausting to keep a run going, but mentally as much as physically. But this side just refuses to do that, and that's why Divock Origi scoring 94th-minute goals in the derby. That's why we're, we're beating Burnley 3-1 when we're a goal down in the second half. You know, that that's why Liverpool are the current Liverpool team. That's why we're top of the league by one by, by a point against one of the best sides I've ever seen. I mean, that's yeah, fine. yeah, and, and, and Cam, just Can to... I add to that? Yeah, I want to go across to you on that because yeah. it's the same question essentially. What what is it about this side that engenders that positivity in you as a fan that you feel? Look, no game is ever lost. Is it the fact that you know, as we've spoken about here, and I speak about most weeks on Raw, that this side plays till the ninety whatever minute and the very last second? How many games have ended where we're on the attack? Is it just the fact that the personnel? are of a considerable class now that you can just you can trust them is it the fact the managers involved what is it for you that 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 is 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 contributing to this feeling of confidence in them it's for me it's a combination of everything in uh the manager instills within the players a belief and a mentality that every game is winnable that has to be the number one uh, objective and priority. It also comes down to the mentality of the players they are actually recruiting. I don't believe they're just looking at their, their physical attributes, they're looking at their mental attributes as well. And if they don't feel that those players are right mentally, they don't want them. They will not sign them. And if you look at that team on Sunday, eight of the starting 11 were Jurgen Klopp signings. The only three that went was Nathaniel Klein, Lovren, and Bobby Firmino. Now, Bobby Firmino was, I think, was probably signed on the back of probably having a word with Klopp in the summer, maybe. But that's just a little conspiracy theory I've got going on in my own mind. Um, so I'm going to say nine of the players on the pitch on Sunday were Klopp signings. Yeah, and, and the other two wouldn't have been on the pitch if Klopp had all the rest of his signings available. Well, the other two would have probably been Trent, who's who's come through the academy and was there before Klopp probably came, and would have been Joe Gomez, who was actually uh, uh, Brendan Rodgers signing. Oh, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, that's a fair point. So it it would have still been been nine in my mind. So, um, but then you look at the, you look at uh, the impact that the substitutes are having now. Under Jurgen Klopp, there was a little piece one by um, Chris Pajak of uh, Redman TV. Uh, he showed that uh, he had a little sheet, spreadsheet type thing. He's probably the guy who's going to come back to us with uh, your rages at some point. 
And um, so, you, Trev, this week you have such a such an agent. There's a heat map. Know. There's a downy heat map going around at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <social media>. <laughs> <laughs> the UP boys are on it right now. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, for me, like I say, it's a it's a complete combination. The, the club has has literally been transformed over the last few years, and it's no coincidence it's happened with the arrival of Klopp. It's not a coincidence. It's no coincidence it's happened with Michael Edwards coming up as sporting director. It's no coincidence it's happening when FSG have suddenly released the purse strings a little bit. We've said it before, we'll say it again, we are entering that perfect storm. It's a complete combination. It's a cultural thing as much as anything else as well, because for far too long this club has entertained a culture of failure. Where, you know, top four is the target. Top four is the target. Top four is failure as far as I'm concerned because we should be trying to win things. And I understand that it's a transitional thing. Um, but that argument gets blown out the window by the, with the word Leicester. So, but now it's, 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 it's a, it's a cultural thing that they're, they're genuinely having conversations about the title in that club now. And I don't think that's always been the case over the last 15 years. Really don't. Um, well, we've not been close, have we? Apart from really 08, 09 and 13, 14. Because I, not... I don't think it's been allowed to be. I mean, uh, the, I mean. But we've but, not deserved uh, to be in the conversation. No, no. But, but I think that's because they weren't taking themselves seriously. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it was, you know, just top four. Top four's fine. Top four in a cup run. And mm. we've, if you, if you do that, the most you're going to get is that. That's that's root and branch stuff, though, isn't it, Carl? Yeah. Maybe maybe just coming to, to, to fruition now. That has changed now at this club. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the that's, whole... a, that's a huge thing. To, to, that's a massive difference. Yeah, yeah. From all, every uh, there was a, a word used earlier on. I think it was synthesis of all the various parts coming together. And listen, it's not about being smug. We've waited long enough for this. We could see it slowly, slowly, and maybe a little bit painfully evolving over the last eighteen months, where we're thinking you know, we were still being sort of suckered into moments of of, of great, great hope, where uh, they ended in disappointment. And and you know, but there there were I think increasingly there were good reasons for those disappointments. And now. You know, even when mistakes happen, and that's another moment, you know, that I'd like to, I'd like to highlight is that when Allison makes that cock up, um, if you want to look at it that way, um, there's a new level of character. And for me, and just to get the ball rolling on this on the most recent game, which is what we usually do, that's one of my moments of the game is not the fact that, um, we, Went a little bit into ourselves. I think there were two attempts after that. They didn't have anything much of, of no. I think Herrera might have had that shot afterwards, uh, after the uh, Allison spill. But the, the misfortune there would have seen previous incarnations, the guys that you're both talking about, the teams that you're both talking about, going into a sort of a, a you know, a, a mindset of, well, look, it's one all. I guess this will do. You mentioned that earlier on, Carl, or maybe buckling, which we've seen far too often in well, the Champions League final. Yeah, per- so perfect example. Perfect example. It got so, it got it, it got in his head. It yeah, exactly. This kid just goes on and does his usual thing. Now, like I said, the crowd was a little bit shook, um, but it had been boisterous, so maybe that's just by comparison. However, when we come out in the second half, we come out in the second half and we just go at them, go for the throat, and we don't let up ever. And that is exactly the characteristic that we want to see here. It's it's not one specific highlight, but it's my absolute highlight of the whole day. 
not even my little spirit animal Shakiri. None of those things. None of the celebrations. None of the the goals. None of the nothing. It was just the fact that we now do that. That's what we do. And yeah. I, I I I can I can I have to say it's one of the most gratifying things in recent years. I fully trust these lads now. So like I mean I am all in. So in a, in a way that I haven't been for a long time. I mean Cam, your absolute uh, highlight of that um, glorious win that saw us like I say go back to forty five points and top of the league. Um, don't, don't say mine. Don't say mine. Don't say mine. Don't say mine. <laughs> Uh, what, is is Carl what's, what is Carl thinking? What is Carl thinking? What is Carl thinking? For me, the highlight was the Fabino pass. Oh, thank God! Yeah, I, I, I just think that pass was world class. Mm. It really, really was. It's. It, I can't emphasise enough how difficult that pass was. To, to float it with enough pace on it at the same time to, to land exactly on Mane's chest at that moment. You know, it was, it was, it was perfection. It was absolutely perfection. And, you know, to, to land it in such a place where De Gea couldn't come out to get it and still allow, and still go over the defender's head. And it's trust defend- as well. It's trust because yeah, he, he knows. You've got tons to do there, but I yeah. trust you to do that if I put that there. Yeah, it was just, it was perfection. It really wasn't. A few of our midfielders could, could do no worse than just practicing with Fabino how to do something like that. I mean, some of the, some of his touches in, in the first half, that first half an hour especially, there was one little example where he, uh, chipped it over one of the midfielders and, and strode forward. There was another one where he's on the edge of the box and he just sort of did a little drag back and just created, made space for himself. He was so progressive with what he was trying to do during the game. Um, but that pass, it was, it was a thing of beauty. It really was. It was something you could focus in on as uh, the key point of a wonderful display, and I think you're right to go to, to go to that aspect of it. Listen, he's the lad that we've been crying out for for ages in that central midfield area. If he can play like that on a regular basis, and there's no reason to think he won't, because it has been a gradual evolution, and we've also seen as well, Cam, that partnership with Ginny Wanaldum, and it is look. One Allen was wonderful against Napoli. I've, I've said it a couple of times now. People are bored of me saying, I, I don't, I honestly don't care because he didn't get enough praise for that performance. The strength on the ball, the ability to retain possession, the work rate, everything he did, he showed all the time. It was a it's, wonderful it's, it's display. His best game. It's it's his best game just, I, I'm glad, I'm, it's lovely to hear you say that because an awful lot of people were carried away at other aspects, but there is a thing with him and Fabinho together that works delightfully we've seen it now on a couple of occasions not enough i hope we see it a lot more and that's the thing i'm just to stay with you on this and i'll come back to carl for his next moment then the incorporation and it's been slow and it's been bloody painful and it's been stop start but the incorporation of nabi keita now into the fold as well meant that although we had that defensive nightmare situation which we've glossed over because it was a bloody nightmare that's another thing that this side overcame on the day. But now we've got one really, really strong, impressive unit in those three, right? Well, it's what we've been screaming for all, all season. Why why has Klopp spent £100 million on a midfield and he's not utilising it? And, 
you know, we we were calling for it in in a few games, and I think you can see that you're exactly right about Ginny. Uh, he was phenomenal against Napoli. He covered every blade of grass, as, you know, as the saying goes, and his work rate is exceptional. His 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 skill in the way he shields the ball, you know, he's, he's got a Kenny Daglish arse, hasn't he? You're not getting around him. Yeah. You know, he, he, he uses it. He uses it really well. And, um, and it's a skill. It really is because you don't see many players doing it and he does it so well. And what I, what I think is Ginny's without being disrespectful, disrespectful to the other midfielders we have, he's playing with a better midfielder in Fabino. And because he's playing with a better midfielder, he trusts him more. And because he trusts him more and he knows he's going to do what he has to do, he can then focus on what he's good at. And he's not having to maybe try and cover other people as well. And by doing that, he's losing his game completely. And because it's freeing him up now to do what he's good at and we can see what he's good at and we can see what he brings to the game, it's benefiting the whole of the midfield setup. And that in turn is now allowing Naby to settle in slowly but surely because Fabinho's set now. I don't care what anybody says. I I I I think that the perfect scenario now is is to have Fabinho as our number six, uh Ginny alongside him, whether that be in a two or slightly advanced, and A another. And hopefully that A another will be more often than not will be Naby. And then you have Adam Okay, you carry on now. You, 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 you've done it now. You've got to take it from there. Go on. <laughs> I've got to justify Adam Lallana. No, I mean, it's a fair point. What I thought was really interesting now is uh, Klopp said afterwards, like, you know, he said, do you want to talk about, uh, about how good Fabino was? And he said, to be honest, I don't, because if you do something like that, it looks like I'm criticising the other midfielders. And the midfielders who got us through against Napoli were brilliant on that night, and they were. They, they genuinely were. So what I think was interesting, the way Klopp chose... The midfield appeal that people complained about, you know, the, the more sort of static one, Milner Henderson, um, and he chose front foot against Man United. But what was interesting is he kept Wijnaldum for both. Yeah, so yeah. He tells you a lot. So he's yeah. both. He's both those people. If you if you want to just contain, contain, and contain, make sure they don't cross a certain level, cut off the passing channels, then Wijnaldum can do that. If you want him to be front foot, he'll also do that as well. Yeah. And And... and no other midfielder played both those games, and I thought that spoke volumes. It's the it, it's it, horses, it, of course. It's it's Dublin down on on the point Carl made as well. In in that you know it, it is having those more progressive players around him allows him to do the other things as well, and it's pretty much echoes exactly what you're saying there, Carl. In terms of looking at some other aspect of the game, because God knows there's enough to revel in. Um, if you want to go back to bashing United, feel, feel free. Anything else stand out to you? And again, if you want to, you can chat about Napoli either, because we haven't spoken about either game. Well, I'm slightly offended that you think that I'm going to be negative about Man United after such a brilliant Liverpool performance. But the highlight for my me was, without question, Marouane Fellaini's shot. So can we talk about that, please? <laughs> oh, shit. How did I miss that? Because oh. that... I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, Copac. You had me going there for a minute. I actually, <laughs> I, I actually, for a minute, I was going, has he got the hump? Fucking hell, has he got the hump? <laughs> I, well, I, well I, I have a bit... Carl with the hump. I want, Never. I want to do an hour just on that. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's it, was a, it was an ambulance guy, wasn't it? St. John's ambulance or something. Yeah. And he actually over. stuck his foot up. He, he actually, if you watch it, he sticks his foot up and he tries to kick it, doesn't he? And as he kicks it, he falls backwards at the same time. It's just hilarious. Well, the I, thing about it was when, when he when he had the shot, I was lit. I was. If you can imagine this, I'm in the Anfield Road at the very, very back corner where it touches the Kemlin. Um, that ball was coming towards me, and then it sort of bent and then hit the, um, you know, it, it sort of like it, it, it bent in mid air and, and decided to take out the poor ambulance man instead. But when the second he hit that, I thought, I have no idea what he's trying to do with that because that doesn't look like it's come off the side of the laces. That looks uh, like he's, he's, he's heel or something. He's trying to blast that for the top corner, and yeah. that's. Um, that is the best part. The corner. It's the best part about it. Though. But listen, yeah. here, listen, <laughs> Carl. Before before we go on to revel further in that, because it was gloriously funny thing, and I thought summed up an awful lot. Um, there was a moment right before that where the reason that he's gotten that opportunity is Jordan Henderson had just come on. There was there was a narrative ready. There was a narrative ready because a deep ball came in and he misread the air, the flight of the ball and got underneath it a bit in a way that he shouldn't have. And then the ball breaks to Fellaini who gets in for that ra- raucously awful shot. Um, but again, what I'm trying to get at here is on a different occasion, you know poor old Jordan's going in with egg in his face. Everyone's going to be crying about it. The old debate will be risen again. And it, that just does, that kind of shit doesn't happen now anymore. And it's, it's bloody great. Instead, yeah. here we are talking about a fella who literally took out with power a poor bastard who was sitting in the corner flag area. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I love Marwan for that. I thought it was, uh, if you asked him to do that a million times, not even close. He did the top corner instead. More he would, than, it would be easier that. to score that every time. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but another, another highlight really, I, th- I think it's a really good point on this is, um, can you name the only outfield players who didn't have a shot? Oh, I think all of the back four had a go, didn't they? I think all oh, of every, oh, every, oh, single, every single one except Allison. And I, th- I think both, both subs clearly had a go because one yeah. we know had, had a go and, 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 and made a count twice. Who, who else came on? Who else came on? Anderson. Shit. Henderson. Henderson had a left-footed shot. Henderson yeah. had a pot. So both yeah. subs, and we know all the back four. Ginny Wijnaldum certainly had a few goes. Yeah. Fabinho certainly had a few goes. Did I don't remember have... the Robbo shot, though. Yeah, he did. He had a shot. You know, but I'm, I just don't remember it. I did Naby ever, ever end up having a, an attempt? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He had, he, had the wolf, he had the wolf down the middle. Can you tell me the last, last game uh, against the opposition who Liverpool played where they had all the outfield players had a shot against? I thought Carl said two of them didn't. No, no, no. I, no, I, I, I said, um, can you name the ones who didn't? And there are oh, okay. There are none. That's right. Because I'm just working my way through it there in my head. Literally, everybody had a pop. I mean, yeah. I think I think 19 of those 36 attempts were from outside the box. In fairness, I think 18 of them for Beano's in the first 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 you know, we we had we had the the spectre of of uh, Degsy and Virgil having long oh, shots Degsy's as well. Was fantastic. Degsy yeah. was absolutely amazing. Yeah, I, actually, to be, 
to be fair, he got he got a lot of stick about the one that he took on in the box. I think it was breaking to him from a corner. He was still yeah, up yeah. there. Although yeah. that said, Degsy was up in the top right hand corner a couple of times with no particular reason, <laughs> except, yeah. Yeah, except that he's Degsy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and I mean that in itself is a remarkable thing. That in itself is a remarkable thing. Come back to you. Any other moments again, Napoli or or United related? Um, well, I was going to say the the actually the most important moment for me in the United game was actually the half-time whistle. And the reason for that was because we had gone a little bit flat, the crowd had gone a little bit flat, and the players had gone a little bit flat, uh, despite us saying how great they are mentally and everything like that. They, that goal did affect them. Um, and I think we needed half-time just to get it shaken out of our system. And um, and I think Klopp and the coaching staff probably, you know, just have to remind them that we are the better team. We are going to win this. And I think that showed the way we came out and started that second half again. We just completely and utterly dominated. And um, I, I, for me, yeah, half-time. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's a fair point. I think it's a fair point. And Carl, I know you've got a thought in and around this uh, general idea as well. Well, the biggest moments of the match was when Jose Mourinho said, let's bring on Fellaini. Let's not bother with Pogba. Let's not bother with Martial. Um, let's, let's not bother with Juan Mata. Let's bring in yet another defensive midfielder to sit next to Matic and the other defenders they had. He came for a point. He absolutely came for a point. And I've heard, I've heard a United um, podcast, one of the better ones, and um, and they were making that point. They said, you know, he's got that bench. That bench looked amazing. Mm. And he brings on a defensive midfielder. And that just absolutely, I said this on Twitter, absolutely screamed, just take the point and get out. That's all I want. And I thought that was a massive surrender from them. Because Pogba, at least Pogba was going to put himself about a bit because he's playing for his reputation. Um, I think Martial is, a, still to this day, I think he's an underrated striker. I really do. He's a uh, phenomenal and, and, player. Yeah, and and um, that, I think I said earlier this season, you know, if I wouldn't mind a bid for him to be honest, because yeah, I think he would suit what we do. Um, but and um, and and one master just so experienced, scored a brilliant goal against us last season when last time he, they beat us here anyway, and yeah. um, and he he brings on big Marouane to, to firm things up at one one when he just got back into the game, and I just thought that's what he's been reduced to. Uh, he's taken off. He's taken off Dallow though, who was nominally right back. Oh, he was, he was getting roasted constantly. All he was over getting the park, roasted. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, didn't, they didn't have anything on the right hand side at all. Robbo had the freedom of the park down there. Yeah, yeah. Well, again, that was another thing that was being pointed out. Even you know, it's bad when even the Sky commentators can see it. That there was that. Uh, it, that that tactical change actually left Robbo even freer. You know, it was yeah, it was yeah, exactly, yeah. it was a remarkable thing. L- Lingard wasn't doing the work he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Whereas uh, on the whereas on the other side, Rashford was, and that shows the difference in the quality between those two. Yeah. yeah. And uh, can can people stop calling Jesse Lingard a young kid? He's six months younger than Mo Salah. He's, he's not a young kid anymore. He's only a few years younger than me, for fuck's sake. You know, let's be let's let's. I thought let's he was older than you, Trump. <laughs> no, 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 not on this particular occasion. Have the dimensions um, shifted again? Are we, are we near that black hole? Is that what it is? Time, uh, time, does, time does weird things by a black hole, by the way. It, 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 absolutely. That's my, that's, my, that's my diploma of astronomy speaking there, everyone. 
Oh, not your, not, your, not your diploma of astrology as we've completely worked out in the past. I still got angry when you said that. <laughs> I, I, I didn't gonna, say I it. Was, I was going to say it again then. But I honestly, honestly, my shoulders rolled back when you said that. I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, I didn't say it. It was him. <laughs> Where was the star of Bethlehem? Him has a name. <laughs> 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 him over there yeah. him over there in the shed uh, yeah. right okay uh, look we need to give a couple of minutes of acknowledgement to the fact that we are um, despite uh, a last minute scare um, we very cynical and very much the better team and did exactly what we had to do and we're now in the Champions League knockout stages and the upshot is lads that over the last couple of days we've discovered that the uh, nature of the draw the people that we're up against it would be remiss of us not to address that given that it's just happened in recent times so immediate feedback from yourself cam about the draw the um the nature of our opponents i th- I, I i'll be honest i saw steve McManaman, who you know Honestly, honestly, can't be trusted for football opinions. <laughs> talking about how you know uh, Bayern Munich, he reckons you know they're not the force they were, which is uh, obviously a line he read somewhere from somebody. Um, Maybe he read my article on Anfield Index, which is currently out. Oh, it, it, did you use that exact line? No, but he's probably he's probably nicked that idea. From he's me, probably nicked it from you, Carl. He's probably nicked. Like Bayern in the Bundesliga this year have played fifteen, won nine, lost three, drawn three. That is for Bayern. That's for Bayern Munich. That's, that's you know a crisis. Yeah, exactly. But it's yeah. Bayern Munich. Yeah. They, they've also like I mean they got tongued. I think three nil to uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. Yeah, yeah. point as well. Uh, like, the, the two sides above them have beat them in the league. But like, can we can we just acknowledge as well that in the last couple of years they've been in the semis four times, they've been in the quarters once, they were runners up once, they were winners in 2013. That's the last whatever that is seven eight years. Mm. They have a glorious record of 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 decent attainment, including winning the freaking thing. Yeah. In in this particular competition, Cam. So just your response to to Bayern as as opponents. All right, before I do buying, can I just say one thing? And this is a uh, really controversial. It's astronomy, Cam. Astronomy. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go on with your controversial statement. Yeah, what, what, what's what's my uh, what's my star sign? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can I see it in the sky? Um, no, yes, you can't actually. All right, cheers, fella. Uh, <laughs> my thing is. I think Alisson got lucky with that save, and here's my here's my take why. It just hits him. Yeah, well, a few people have said not that. Not only does it just hit him, he takes a step forward, which was the right thing to do to narrow the angle down, and then he dives to the left, and he had to make a decision. I get it. He had to make a decision to think which way is the guy going to hit it, and he dives to the left, and actually hits his right thigh as he's dived. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't like he'd come out. Schmeichel Eskin had done the starfish type, he'd actually dive. So I think he, it wasn't a world class save. It was a, a fantastic save. And it was a fantastic save in the context of where the game was at what time the save was made. But it was a lucky save at the same time. Even, even better. Yeah. Yeah, in some ways that's even better. But there's also Cam, you know, like like just, just to, to labor this point for a second. He has to make that movement forward. He has to have the presence. He has to have uh, I acknowledge that. 
the dominance and all the rest of it. It's 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 like they say about strikers, that thing they always say about strikers. Well, he keeps getting in the positions. So yeah. once he's doing that, I guess, even if the goals aren't coming, you gotta you gotta be happy with that. Yeah. The goalkeeper there is putting himself physically in the right position with the 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 um reputation, talent and previous record he's had, the intimidator intimidation factor, all the rest of it. Okay. Except and hair and beard yeah. and yellowness. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I I fully accept what you're saying. If that is the yeah. case, I, every time I looked at it, I actually thought I I, I would have thought it was it was all deliberate. But fully accept the point that you're making. Anyway, I think I'd ask you a separate uh, yeah. question. Yeah, Byron. Oh, you did, you did. Yeah, uh, Bayern. Um, I'll be honest with you. I've, I've not followed anything in the Bundesliga uh, this season, or aside from the fact that I know Borussia Dortmund uh, applying, and that was definitely one team. We probably really wanted to avoid. Um, Bayern this season um, are probably going on reputation. They're not playing well, from what from what my understanding is. Does that mean they're not going to be up for it come come February? No, they're going to be a really really difficult game. Um, first game being at Anfield, and we don't have Virgil Van Dijk. But they haven't got Muller though. Muller got sent off against Bayern. Yeah, but is Muller the player? Are you, is Muller the player that Van Dijk is? No. Does Muller have he's, the influence on he's, the? But he's, he's vice captain. I, 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 I take I him know, on a free if he's I, going. I, yeah, but what I'm saying is, at his age now, he doesn't have the impact on the game that Virgil van for Bayern Munich that Virgil Van Dijk. It has oh, no, an impact I agree. On, on I, for, I'd rather Liverpool. Robin was suspended. Yeah, much so. He's going to shit at me, that man. Yeah, he's, he's a phenomenal player. Um, so, for me, the worry, that is a worry for me. And it's whether Joe Gomez has come back and he's got up to match fitness and he's ready to play that game. Because they said six weeks for him. Now, six weeks will probably put him around the end of end of January, uh, middle of January where he, when he's coming back in. So, hopefully, he'll, he'll, he'll have had a bit of game time leading up to that game and he's fit and he's firing and he's raring to go and I think not that he will be an adequate replacement for Virgil but he will be our best replacement for Virgil if that makes sense so Fe- February the 19th he's got to get his to get his, yeah. his, his, his himself fixed up and, and, and back in form and yeah and you would hope that Joel Matip um, the the very excellent recently but also very fragile Joel Matip will also be back because I think that would be the partnership you'd like to see in the yeah. absence of 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 of, um, of Virgil. But a, part, but a partnership that's never played together, so they need to get game time at some point as well to develop yeah, some sort of understanding. I, I you don't want to you don't just want to put them in against Bayern Munich without actually playing together. So that what, means like, you've got to drop you've got to drop Virgil for a game somewhere. What like a, like like, like, a, like a Nathaniel Klein? You mean? Uh, we we didn't we didn't give him any credit at all. That was a very good, very, very good creditable indeed. creditable outing against the Mike's One mistake aside, I think he was excellent. Yeah, genuine. Look at Brenchy with the ultra criticism. That's amazing. Uh, Carl, your take on on Bayern as a draw? I mean, in many ways, they're basically like a more successful version of us. They have that uh, European tradition. They have that sort of. There's loads of coincidences. They've won it five times. They won it three times in the seventies. Yeah. Ours crept into eighty one, but more um, recently they are the, the they're more dominant, they're more successful in the competition. But there are, there's so many, yeah, there's so many crossovers, aren't yeah. there? 
And um, I'm absolutely made up with it because um, I, I, I said on an article this week, I, I love it when two big giants of 70s football meet. It just looks beautiful. Liverpool versus Bayern Munich just looks beautiful as a fixture. Agreed. And, you know, we get to go over there into their, their big stadium. They get to come to us first. Um, obviously, there's memories of 1981 in the semi-final, which, of course, I've been talking myself stupid about recently um, when Ray Kennedy won the European captain. Cup. Yeah, was captain, Alan yeah. Kennedy. Yeah, Ray Kennedy was captain, wasn't he? That yeah. semi-final, yeah. With a one-one draw, and um, Paul Breitner, the the captain of uh, Bayern Munich, because they drew nil nil at Anfield, and, and Paul Breitner was talking openly about booking hotels for the final. Um, how's that going, Paul? Um, yeah. Thanks for the trophy. He's mate. still he's still looking. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I I just think I just think it's brilliant. I I, I love that draw. I, I, we obviously we we were the last name the last tie to be discussed. And I couldn't remember who. I don't know if you did this as well, but I was watching the draw and I was just thinking, I can't remember who the other team are. <laughs> yeah, I was the <laughs> same. Madrid, Madrid have gone. Uh, Barca have gone. It can't be them. I can't think of what else. But Bavaria Munich. Oh, yeah, them. Oh, well, I like that. My, my first reaction was, oh, good. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Because um, you, you're right, Cam. Dortmund are a better team. They've got Tottenham. Quite mm. happy with that as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's good. I, 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 I wanted Real Madrid, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, and I think they're coming. Yeah, I, I think they're coming too. I think if we get past this, I think they're coming. Yeah, I, I, I see. I, if if we're going to win this, I think it's going to be very much the hard way. Um, because we were kind of semi fortunate last year with the draw, and I think if we're going to win it this time, ironically, it'll be the tough way around. And I think like, that will suit us. It, it, yeah, you, you said something similar recently, uh, or this time last year when we were approaching the the European run as well. You know what I mean? The I good did, teams. Yeah. You know, okay. like. A, uh, it, it does sort of, it does sort of suit us and even more so this team and just one last thing on it then if that if that is the draw and you brought it up uh, Cam so we'll just address it before we get out of the football altogether if it is a situation where we've got which we know we've got no Van Dijk and irrespective of who the personnel are right let's not get into that now I, I shouldn't have brought it there because it's going to seem like I, I am I'm back on my on my bullshit but what I want to ask you is Am I right in saying that if we can just kind of keep ourselves alive in that tie in the in in the first leg in Anfield, so that we don't, you know, go down by any more, don't concede any more than two, or don't don't have any more of a deficit than two, that once it's a sort of a live tie, I I I I'm I'm mad into these guys going anywhere and getting a result. Does that and that's despite the shit away form that we've had over the last while. I think this is now, I think we've hit reset button now. I think this is a new yeah. start. Does that make sense? Totally. Um, 100% with you there. I think, um, I think it goes back to something we've said before. I think Carl said before, um, and I think you said it as well, Trevor, um, that Origi goal against Everton was pivotal. It was a turning point. And the season really, really started on that day for us. And I think now we're uh, we're going to see something. I don't want to say special from these guys, but it, I've got a feeling it could be something special. Um, well, we can't we can't be any higher in the world than we are now after this amount of time. We're top of the league and we're in the last sixteen. Yeah, yeah, but we're out the Carabao Cup, man. 
Oh, <laughs> haven't even watched it tonight. Not a clue what's happened there. <laughs> no idea, no interest, never will. And I, I, I'm going to say something that's sacrilegious. I'll be exactly the same way when the FA Cup rolls around. And speaking as a guy who used to enjoy Liverpool winning it back in the day when it was really important, I couldn't give a shit, lads. I hope, I hope, you know, it's a good run for some of our, our lesser lights, but I honestly don't care about it. Let's. That's the perfect way to talk about the FA Cup. Let's segue out of football completely. Okay, can I, I was going to. I've got a, a small trivia question about. Oh, Miami. sorry. Yes, 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 yes. Your trivia um, question. They, they won. I think it was their first European Cup in 1973, where right. they beat um, Atletico Madrid after re, at a replay. Um, Atletico Madrid were four minutes away in extra time for winning the game. Uh, Again. Uh, yeah, yeah. They've done it twice. They've been two yeah. minutes away from winning it on both occasions. Um, there's a Liverpool connection with uh, an Atletico player. Who played for Atletico in 1973? Can you uh, name him? I think it's either United or Close. Pepe Reina's. Oh. Pepe Reina's dad played in golf for Atletico Madrid. Pepe Reina's hell fella. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's good shit. I saw a picture of Pepe Reina today with a full head of hair and it was quite disturbing actually. <laughs> Did it bring back memories? No, mate. No. No. Trevor's far too young to be losing his hair come on what are you, what are you suggesting <laughs> where are you going with that Cam um, you... do you want to talk about the wax in your back no we better let's leave <laughs> the what it's alright Trevor we don't want to, we don't want the world known do we you're off on your own little tangent there bless you but we'll, we'll, we'll leave you to it it's, it's nice sometimes I think when you are in the shed for too long you go into this fever dream state and it's nice to see it's, I'm, listen man you know it's, it's Christmas you should uh, you should chill out it's, it's minus two at the moment you don't understand so um, <laughs> just relax into it let's it, it, let's Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's just the brain's beginning to freeze, but never mind. Yeah, yeah, I think that process happened a while ago, brother. (laughs) (laughs) The the way we're going to segue out of the football and into the nonsense uh, for the last part of the show, uh, and I I can see the clock, producer guy, and I'm going to try and keep it a reasonable time. I know it's it's time for your cocoa and and milk, and I know Die Hard 3 is on the table. Die Hard 3 is on, yeah. Yeah, so he wants to get away. You he's can very understand. Distracted. That. He's very distracted by a man in a vest. Yeah. Well, listen, it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a, qual- it's a quality flick that. Um, and it, it's going to come back in a few minutes. Not Die Hard Three, but something else to do. Uh, but the way we're going to segue out is the Tony Blackburn corner. Um, last week we had a sublime extract from the Tony ghost-written autobiography. I think yeah, was it. It is. Yeah. Um, which which basically featured the most right-wing moment you'll ever hear in any autobiography, featured in the autobiography of a bubblegum DJ uh, who won I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here or something King like of that. the Jungle, he was. King of there the Jungle. It's, it was a remarkable thing involving Tony's very, very easy um, uh, inclination towards uh, killing people, <laughs> which yeah. which, which I've, I've, I'm still reading from. So, this week's Extra Car. This is about the time when Tony um, moved from Radio Caroline to Radio London. I think it's called London Radio or something, which he calls the Big L. And there's a little section about Tony reminiscing about this. And one thing I should say is if you're writing a book like this, you don't mention the fact that the the book is ghost-written. That's a no-no in literature circles. So it's about three paragraphs. This is about Radio London. But for me, what really clinched it was those jingles. 
Just days ago, I decided to celebrate the arrival of the spring sun by digging out a CD that includes more than a hundred of those era-defining jingles. It was the second occasion during the writing of this book that I found myself wiping tears from my eyes. I turned to my ghost, the writer who's been helping me on this book, and said, "This is why I joined Radio London. Sorry, this is what I, jo- I joined Radio London to play," and that was absolutely true. Most people know me now as King of the Jungle, and that's something I'm extremely proud of. But when it said that King of the Jingle too. That truly makes me feel like radio royalty. I'm not sure if anyone's really worthy of that, but those jingles are pretty hard to beat. As one nostalgia-packed jingle followed another, many of them featuring that distinctive, electronically enhanced Sonovox voice that sounded like Sparky's magic piano, the, the lump in my throat kept growing. I turned to my wife, who just walked into the room wondering what all the noise was about. You can never stop playing these, I said. She could see that I was in no mood to talk. I was miles away, lost in the music of those bite-sized masterpieces, more la- <laughs> most lasting no longer than 10 or 15 seconds. Beautifully crafted, they are in their own way works of art. I know I'd rather sit and listen to these than the many thousands of records I've played over the 40-plus years. Even Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, my favourite record of all time, doesn't make me feel like this. <laughs> He's actually Partridge. Yeah. He needs He's- help. He's actually Alan Partridge. That's incredible. Yeah. It's literally just written three paragraphs about, about, about literally things like Radio London. Uh, but he, me- he mentioned at least twice how it brings him to fucking tears. Yeah. What, <laughs> what sort of a character are we dealing with here? <laughs> it's, just, it's just extraordinary. I, I read that on the tube, and it's one of those things where I actually stopped and read it again just to see if he was taking the piss. He really wasn't. He really doesn't seem to be. I mean, j- Jingles? I mean, I, I hope we don't have to explain what a jingle is. It's literally a 10 second, you know, radio one, like that. That's all it is. Crying yeah. his eyes out. Better than what's going on. Yeah, but the, but also, I suppose, you know, the Sonovox voice. So that yeah. <laughs> that's that's the clincher there. Holy yeah. shit. Holy yeah. shit. Man. I mean, there's also a little bit, of, I won't do the quote because it's only one tiny bit, but he persuaded um, Diana Ross to release I'm Still Waiting, which became her number one. He mentions that three times. Yeah, he seems to be fond of giving himself. Is he kind of like a? a, a does he is he like the, a Forrest Gump or Zelig character who's there for all the important moments of musical history? Is he? Lots of that going on. There's a, yeah. um, next week is going to be about punk. Yes, yeah, of course it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> he blends right the fuck in there. Yes, That's a, very much so. <laughs> Okay. Already looking forward to it. Uh, I've got a, uh, I've got a couple of questions for you that are Christmas related because that's what we do. We've got about five or so, five or whatever minutes left, and I want to ask you a couple of Christmas questions. Questions because I'm not really sure, fellas, whether we're going to get on uh, the air again before the big day. In fact, I'm fairly positive we won't. No, um, it's only a week away no, today, and it's not even And and our, our next our next game is is uh, is Wolves on Friday night. So I don't see it happening. So let's Where just... I meet, I'm meeting our host in fact. We're gonna say hello outside the ground. Not our host, I mean the I mean the the, the overlord. Okay, okay. That you're 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 meeting I'm, I'm I'm going on this turf here. I'm gonna miss that. I was meant yeah, to be there. And why 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 have you cried off my friend? Um, I'm going Lisbon. Okay, right. <laughs> I was trying to say, you couldn't be asked. There's, a, there's, a, there's definitely going to be a story or two coming out of that, no doubt. Uh, oh, yeah. That's January taking care of everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I've got more news about January later, but there we go. 
Anecdote central. If, if if you had to um look, but by the time you get back from Lisbon and uh, far the worse for wear, knowing you and I've I've noticed your <laughs> I've no, noticed your side comments about me and and the drinking and uh, it's 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 borderline racism, bet us Irish, you know it's it's bad fun and uh, and so I I I, I know I, I'm I know your form, Carl. Trev, um, you, you did pause a question once to go and get a beer from the fridge <laughs> on, a, oh, on, a, on a live recording. No, I tried to, and your indignance stopped me from doing it. As as I recall, you were so outraged. He was like, you were like, uh, you wouldn't see. Uh, who was it? You said Parkinson. <laughs> what Parkinson fucking off for a beer? He stopped. He stopped to head to the fridge and then went back to Muhammad Ali again. Amongst yourselves, there, Muhammad and Helen Mirren. I'll be back in. A minute. <laughs> you can just hear the the hiss wait, of a wait, bottle wait. being opened in the background and a, and a ah. <laughs> the sweet some... nectar passes over the. Sometimes, sometimes the moment just calls for it. Anyway, Cam, one day one of us was drunk on the show. Yeah, we won't talk about that because you no. did re- really disgraced yourself on that night, and <laughs> <laughs> it's it's best forgot. It's best forgot. And look, the thing about I was saying, you'll be back, you'll be tucked in, and at some stage you're going to hit the couch, and certain movies are going to come on. And I'm wondering, right? It's it, we a guy mentioned in Die Hard three earlier on. It's a constant question that keeps getting asked. And I was involved in a debate about it during the week myself. Is Die Hard, right? Is Die Hard, especially Die Hard two, a Christmas movie? Are you asking me now? I am asking you. Um, not for me, no. Not at all. You don't associate with Christmas. <laughs> no, I don't, because I don't really watch the movies on Christmas. Uh, but I remember before you were born, Trevor, um, <laughs> the, 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 movie, the movie that always used to be on a, at Christmas um, that I watched every year was The Wizard of Oz. Right. So which, which, which is the Christmas film. Oh. But it was always on at Christmas. That's the only time of year they used to show it. Okay. And for me, in my mind, that was always the Christmas movie then. Well, and then when they stopped doing it, I was good. If you're going to extend, if you're going to extend that logic to to Die Hard, then Die Hard is also a Christmas movie because it's always on Christmas, and actually one of them is set at Christmas. And you've got that wonderful. Uh, ho ho ho! I've got a machine gun now. Line as well. I for me, it's so Christmas, and I know Guy Drinkles in the background going "fuck yeah," um, uh, because he agrees completely. For me, it's such a Christmas movie. Carl, do you have any feelings about one way or the other? I don't. To be honest, I can't remember it. <laughs> Aren't they all the same film? I know I'm going to get slagged <laughs> off for that. Oh, that's terrible I, stuff. That's I'd ter- agree with you there, Carl. I don't even Ah, that. Jesus. You pair of grinchy bastards, right? I'm moving on to the next question. Well, yeah. Grinch, now that's a Christmas movie. Car- Carl, I'm starting with you on this one. Uh, would, oh, by the way, Drinkle's furious at that assertion, by the way. Absolutely <laughs> furious. Well, yeah, and listen, you're on thin ice there, pal. With, no, with sorry, he's had, his, he's had the lot. <laughs> that's, that's all he's getting forever. You'd think so, but I can see, I can see the uh, uh, another apology coming. The legal team maybe, maybe, maybe required again. Uh, Carl, do you? I, I know the answer to this. I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you your, for your opinion on them. Do you wear? Have you ever worn a Christmas jumper? That's Never. question one. Question two. Never. What is your what What is your take on Christmas jumpers? Oh, it's wacky, isn't it? It's wacky and it's. Fun. Is it wacky? Is it? No, it's awful. <laughs> it's absolutely awful. And um, I, this is absolutely true. Up to God knows my work's listening to this. 
we had a meeting once where the theme was Christmas jumpers, and I asked my boss for the day off so I didn't have to get involved. Oh, wow. Wow. Now, I can kind of relate to that mindset. I'll be perfectly honest with you. There are things like that that have often occurred where I just go, you know what, I'm not into this at all. Yeah, uh, it, 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 as Tim says in the office, it's the wackiness I can't stand. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about... For I've just been a, a situation at work where everyone wore them for about two days in a row, and it was one day it was almost like like that, was almost socially required, and I couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, I had one sort of there in the in the uh, in the co- in my cupboard at work, going, "Well, if I have to, I'm nah, I'm not doing it." But I I, I felt a bit grinchy. Cam, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that you would wear a Christmas jumper. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> Come design to them, for God's sake. <laughs> I sold them all to Zara. Um, uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, I probably would, but we don't. We don't have Christmas jumpers. I'm. But you're a Christian. Does that help? Yeah, we. No. You told us last week you're a good Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, and, and you know. Did I? Yeah, you do. <laughs> there may have been some sarcasm there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Went right over my head, that one. Not from you. You said, you said that's a good Christian that I am. Direct line from you, Cam. We're, we're only quoting you back to yourself, pal. Jesus Christ. Again, the shed, the shed strikes again. Go on, anyway. Yes. Um, I mean, we don't. We have a Christmas tree. That's it. You know, we've got the kids' presents. That's it. Are they going to go out and buy me a Christmas jumper? No. Not happening. Uh, what? Okay, okay. So you've you've you bo- both of you have pretty much grinched the shit out of these questions so far. The next one I was going to ask you was about Christmas parties. I'm not even going to ask you that because what did you say? When, oh, I've when, got one. What did, what did you what did Cam say when when I I've said never been, I've never I've never been never to one. been to a Christmas party. Never been in your working life to a Christmas party. I've, how does that How does that work? I've pretty much been self-employed all my life. Right. So what am I going to do? Go there on my own. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so the way Nobody's here. Oh, yeah. I'm the only person. <laughs> yeah, but there's not much room in the shed. I would have thought you could just kick it off, you know? <laughs> Hey, hey! I have parties in the shed. Don't you worry. <laughs> I know, pal. I know. I, 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 my take on on Christmas days. I've, I've been to my most recent one. I've been to almost all of them. They're, they're obviously big, big things because there's. 70 odd people maybe 80 people involved in, in the setup where i'd be for for the last 20 years or so and yeah do you know what if you're in the mood i think they're fantastic but in that way carl that you were speaking about before sometimes you're just not in the mood for it uh do you have a do you have any particular fondness for them or do you have any tales arising thereof i um we have one at work i work for a charity so we we have quite a few in work because there's a team one then there's a division one then there's the big one in and what have you, but um, I've got a tale about, I, I think it's 1997, Christmas party uh, when I was working for the Guardian and the theme was and by the way, don't get me started on fancy dress I'm not going, I'm not going to fancy dress parties, that's just not me but this one, but this one was um, 70s themed right, um, so of just course being a, being, a, being a male and being northern um, I decided that my 70s costume would be the 1974 away shirt, uh, jeans, and a pair of DMs. That you know, that which was my standard attire at the time. Good lad. So I'm going yeah. there. And You've gone all dressed, out. I've really, I've really, I've, I've committed. I've gone big. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and there's um, so I'm stand. All, all of my mates are dressed up as sort of like you know. There's, there's one bloke who's dressed up as sort of a Harlem pusher. Um, there's lots of afros going on, that sort of thing. And a woman walks over to me with really with a big wig on and um, uh, big uh, big sort of sunglasses on, and she just walks up to me, stares at the NFC with the live bird above my my badge, and she uh, on, on my on my uh, uh, on my my white shirt, and she says, uh, "What's that?" And I went, it's a, it's a 1970s Liverpool shirt. It's the away shirt. And she said, that's absolutely pathetic. And that really got to me. That really annoyed me. She says it in a light-hearted way. So I, uh, I went, oh, look, what have you come as? And I pulled off her wig <laughs> and I pulled off her glasses and it was Carolyn McCall, the chief executive of the Guardian newspaper. <sighs> she now runs um, EasyJet. She's the chief executive of EasyJet. How did that but, go over? Fortunately, she likes me. So, so, so that, that that went quite well. In fact, there's a second, there's a follow-up story to that. So I left the Guardian and um, for a couple of years, and I went I went back again. And if you start at the Guardian, I don't think still do it now, but they have something called a beginners lunch, where they get all the new people who started over a month or six weeks or so. They go down to the um, the, the the big sort of boardroom, and you get like a, a like a drink and and some sandwiches, and the, and the chief exec does a nice big talk about well, welcome you, welcome to the family, all that sort of thing. Um, so, of course, I had to go to the second one, even though I'd already worked there for four years. So I walked in, and Carolyn McCall sees me says, hello, and hugs me hello. And, of course, everyone else thinks, he's only been here three weeks, and he's getting hugged by the chief exec. <laughs> what the fuck is going on there? So, of course, I couldn't say that, and no, I, I've, I've known I've known of her for four years. So, yeah, so that, that's my fancy dress party story, and it very nearly resulted in my dismissal. But so but like, for but fortunately, fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, she saw the funny side. It's Christmas after all, and, <laughs> and I imagine she's forgotten about that. She probably forgot about Megan. I imagine by now. I, I'm glad that I'm glad that ended well. I, I've I've got a, a final question. It's just a yes or a no, and then we're going to go out with the, with your final thoughts. Um, I'm in two minds about this. Cam, is it is it acceptable to use the word crimbo? You're thinking about it, so maybe not, right? No, I don't think it is. I think it's quite tacky. <laughs> and isn't Christmas meant to be like a, you know, a very spiritual and special and Jesus harmonious God. and wonderful time? And, you, and you're coming out with tacky words like that. <laughs> Why would you lower the tone of the show after we've had, you know, we've done such a great part and then you, you come out with something like that? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're completely right. I have, as usual, lowered the tone by asking you a question. And it's nice to hear you being so offended about <laughs> on behalf of the Christmas celebrators, for fuck's sake. Carl, I, I feel I feel like it's going to be a short answer from you, but Crimbo, is it a word you use? Yeah, because I'm Scouse and therefore I have to abbreviate everything. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going. You can't use a two-syllable word, for God's sake. Well, what'll do? Yeah, yeah. I don't See, like that... Chrissy. I don't like Chrissy. That's that's not good. But, but no, Crimbo, is, it, it, Crimbo, I thought that was a girl's name. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I saw someone on Twitter called called Ellis. Someone said, "I love Chrissy, mate." And um, no, I've, um, I've that... heard Chrissy. I've heard Chrissy from Scousers, though, man. I'm not I a big fan of have. Xmas either, to be honest. No, Xmas can fuck off. Off, that's yeah, ridiculous. I, like that. I like I Xmas. That. Of course you no. do. <laughs> Crimbo's a sort of way to use on Brookside, and that's fine by me. Yeah. So do you know what? To Crimbo jumper. 
It's coming. It's it's coming at the end. Despite despite Cam's protestations, I'm going to wish everyone a merry crumbo at the end here. Carl, any uh, final thoughts for yourself? <laughs> any uh, final quote to go out on or any last idea? No, it's, it's, it's you want to plug or? It's. I'm, I'm looking. I mean, I've got an article out at the moment about um uh about the Bayern Munich draw called um, when two giants meet. Um, uh, but what I thought is actually um just because it's getting colder again and um, we talk a lot about coats and things on this program. I'd urge anyone, if you're doing better, if you're doing okay this year and you're financially viable, can you please consider giving to a homeless charity? Because um, I wrote a thing about two years ago about people who died on the streets when the temperature was only minus one. Um, it was rain because it was raining. And um, if you're cold and wet, it's very difficult to get dry. Um, even though if the, if the weather stopped and you can actually, people have actually died of hypothermia at minus one. Please go find who your local. Um, obviously, I, I would always mention food banks, but there are homeless people there, and they are not tired to stay out when the weather's getting very, very cold. So I'd ask you to do that. That's great, show. Absolutely great, show. Cam, any way to finish us off? Uh, two very small quotes. First one: Christmas will always be as long as we stand heart to heart and hand in hand. That was Doctor Seuss. Doctor Seuss. No. And the last quote is. What is Christmas? It is tenderness for the past, courage for the present, hope for the future. Oof. That Oof. was Agnes M. Paro, who I have no idea who she is or he is. Tell you what, when, when we enter it, we end big, me and Cam. You really do. I mean, you've 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 given us a certain somber tone there and i I'm, I'm 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 liking it i'm liking it We've, we 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 run the full gamut on this show that's what we do <laughs> the full gamut and on that note of running full gamut we will finish up with me thanking you our lovely listeners for the support that you've given us all over the course of this year 2018 we've enjoyed the bejesus out of doing this show for you you know what i'm going to ask you it's just tell someone that's all it is whatever way you can do that we'd appreciate it immensely uh, that recommendation will go a long way and uh, grow our listenership, which is all we're interested in doing, really, to get as many people listening to our nonsense as possible. I've been Trev Downey. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds. Merry Crimbo, and stay safe out there. Podcast Network.